Welcome to the New Zealand Tech Podcast, presented by Paul Spain and Anne Guest. Greetings and welcome along to the New Zealand Tech Podcast, episode 171. I'm Paul Spain. And I'm Bill Bennett. Welcome along, Bill. Always hi. good to have you here. Uh, hi, Paul. <laughs> uh, now, j- just for uh, for those who are new listeners, where do you fit into the technology uh, world in New Zealand? I'm a tech journalist. Um, I run my own site called Digital. I'm on Twitter. It's Bill Bennett NZ. And um, today I'm all over the New Zealand Herald writing on their innovation section. Great. Well, let's jump straight in. Uh, a few interesting stories this week. Uh, first up, now Apple have had a product called AirPlay for a while for pushing what's on your phone to your TV, to your, if you've got an Apple TV connected. Um, reasonably easy sort of thing to get up and running, and obviously there are other features uh, with the Apple TV, uh, and there are other uses of AirPlay where you can push audio from your uh, from your iPhone or your iPod or um, your um, your tablet to uh, to a stereo, etc. Uh, their new thing is CarPlay. How do you like the name for starters? <laughs> Makes sense, doesn't it? It's nice to have something that doesn't have an I in front as well. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, this has been talked about for a little while and we've heard of, uh, of a lot of uh, car manufacturers wanting to to come on board with Apple and have that nice sort of Apple integration. Apple have really been uh, you know seen as the premium end of the smartphone market. Uh, they've held the the lion's uh, you know share of probably those higher end users. And so I think there's been that sort of natural feeling from the likes of Jaguar and BMW and so on that hey this this is a this is a fit for our brand to have that sort of uh, compatibility um but maybe when this idea was thought up apple had a little bit more market share with that higher end user than they do today what are, what are your thoughts is this actually going to in some ways hurt the car manufacturers that are putting in place this apple technology apple screens that are going to tie in with their apple phones um is it going to hurt them that we you know we we're starting to see a, you know a portion of Apple fans move over to Samsung and other devices because they like the big screen or they've been sold on the advertising or there are other features that, that they just that they just love. No, I don't think so. Apple's market share may be falling, but its market share of high-end smartphones is still substantial. Um, and the numbers, the Apple user numbers continue to rise. So I don't think that's the don't think that's so much the issue. What I think is really important about um, CarPlay, the interesting thing about CarPlay is we had, we've had generations of iPod connectors in cars in the past, so you could play your music and so on. And, of course, Apple's changed that connector and, and, and you're stuck with a piece of hardware which might be obsolete quite quickly because car, cars are obsolete you know, at a much slower rate than phones and so on. Whereas AirPlay seems to be something which is more likely to stick around for a while, and it's probably something which is more possible to to exploit in you know in other ways for a longer period of time. So I I think I think the technology is good in that sense. It's the business about the relationship between Apple and car manufacturers and so on, um, and whether there's enough of a market share. Well, the thing is, is there's not a single Android brand which has enough market share to to top that. So. 
there you go. Yeah, I think that there's there's definitely some real pluses for this. Obviously, for Apple fans, uh, also for Apple itself, because if you've got uh, you know a piece of Apple technology that's in the in the vehicle and that's the the best option. Uh, then you know people are much more likely to be staying with with the you know it just becomes a another key part of the Apple ecosystem you know for for one of a better word and uh, you, know, you can fill in those gaps that aren't being well uh, filled in for other vendors' products uh, that that's pretty helpful. I, I read a report earlier today from a um, a US one of those US analyst companies whose name escapes me now, but they were doing a, um, a report on loyalty of smartphone brands. And they said, and it's Apple is clearly the one with the most loyal users. And part of that, of course, is because they're locked into the apps and the, um, and the add-ons and so on. And it's much harder to change from an Apple to, say, a, Sam's, to a Samsung than it is to change from, say, one Android phone to another Android phone. But the Apple um, loyalty factor is way, way higher. And the m- number of people who are Apple users who say that they're willing to buy Apple next time because they want to is way higher as well. So I think there's a, there's a, the kind, of, there's a kind of lock-in, but it's also a kind of ratchet effect that once you switch to that brand, you're going to want to stay. Yeah, I, I mean, I think there's there's a, there's a whole lot of tie in there. Um, now, in terms of what it what it offers, you know, naturally it's it's going to uh, you know, cover the main sorts of things that you would want to do on your phone yeah. while you're while you're in your vehicle. Um, pushing your navigation up to a, a much bigger screen, I think, is uh, good. Is a really nice uh, yeah. thing at the moment. If you if you want a decent big navigation system, then you've got to have something. You know, third party that you know, or you've got to have a car that it comes with, but then the car system gets out of date quickly, and so on. Um, but it does also raise that point that uh, now our cars become well, disposable is not quite the word, but uh, you know, we change we change a lot of our technology really frequently, and the inbuilt nature now of a lot of the technology and the vehicles. Yeah. Will will actually, I think, lead to a, a faster devaluation of vehicles, and we know how how quickly a, a computer devalues from having value to being worth well, next to nothing. And and I think, uh, yeah, this is actually going to be a, a little bit of a problem in terms of resale value on 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 some vehicles if there's not an easy retrofit option. That, well, that's a good point. I, when I bought my current car, which is. Uh it's a few years old, but it's not that ancient. It was um, too new. It's way too new to have a cassette player, um, but it's too old, or it doesn't doesn't have Bluetooth. So, um, so I'm stuck in that kind of um, twilight zone. Um, you know, to, playing music in the car. Just the only thing you could do is play with the CD player or the radio. Yeah, and I mean, I've got around that by changing out the head deck to something that does Bluetooth, does the sort of things that I want. Yeah, but my head deck's integrated with everything and, else. But that's the problem with yeah. most vehicles. It, it is. And, uh, yeah, same situation. My business partner's Jag. I was like, oh, you need to change this. Oh, I'm not changing. You know, this is all part of the, yeah. the, the vehicle. I can't, I can't swap that out. So uh, this is lovely, lovely vehicle. Um, but actually, the technology in it is somewhat uh, somewhat long in the tooth, and it's got Bluetooth and so on. But there are there are elements of it that aren't as 
you know, as effective as what I can get and what what anyone can get in a in a two hundred dollar uh, head deck. But uh, you know, you're locked in with those. Yeah, those but elements. on the other hand, Paul, um, you don't come back to find your car in a car park. Someone smashed the window and taken the you know, the radio and cassette player out, which is what used to happen in the old days. So there's swings and roundabouts. But I, I think I think I don't think that happens so much these days, though. It's, no, it uh, doesn't happen yeah. much these days. Um, there, there are much more uh, val- valuable things around. It's when you leave your uh, your yeah, I- iPad yeah. in the car and and, and the and the like, right? Yeah. So uh, yeah. All right, well, um, this is going to be fascinating to see how it uh, develops at CES. Uh, there was um, there was a, a big show for um, uh, QNX operating system uh, sitting in cars, which uh, of course um, is. Is one of the competitors to what Apple are doing. Yes, that, was that BlackBerry at some point? Yeah, so BlackBerry bought the the uh, QNX operating system, and that's that's actually what BlackBerry sort of sits on top of now. Um, but, the, but the operating system sort of can be used in, in a number of ways. And they had quite a big booth at at CES. But hang on a minute, Paul. Hang on a minute. If if Apple was a marginal market share, what the hell is BlackBerry? <laughs> well, I don't think the the QNX player is about BlackBerry. It's more yeah. just you know here's here's a, a flexible uh, oh, system yeah. that can go into vehicles. And the the last I heard was that um, Ford, uh, and I, I'm not sure this has been confirmed, but um, there there was certainly word that uh, Ford were moving away from Microsoft's in car technology uh, to to QNX. So you know Microsoft may have just decided it's not worth their while to uh, to to keep developing their uh, Ford Sync technology and so on that that uh, you know they've got yeah. a couple of vendors using. I mean, Apple meanwhile seems to have been extremely uh, you know successful in terms of signing up partners for CarPlay. Uh, and at the Geneva Motor Show where, where it was uh, you know shown shown off this week, uh, I mean a whole bunch of of manufacturers. I think at least sixteen. Uh, you know, including Ferrari and Mercedes Benz, that are uh, uh, you know saying they're committed to it. Now that doesn't mean it's going to be in every vehicle, though. It will be, I think, an optional extra. And in fact, some of them are, are already saying, look, as soon as uh, Google have a have an option for Android, they'll be offering that as well. So maybe, but you know, there is there's something else going on here, and that is Apple. However, I mean, whatever your views on the product, whatever your views on the company, and so on, whatever your taste. You've got to recognise that Apple is considered a premium brand out there in the market. And absolutely is. Yeah. Car makers don't want to be seen with a scungy brand. So I mean, it's I mean, you know, unless you're making scungy cars, and so there's the, there's an element of that. I mean, no one's going to want to be. Well, I'm not going to name any. <laughs> I'm not going to name a brand, but you can name your own, you know, scungy phone brand. No one's going to want to like, align their car their car brand with that brand so mm, i think there's mm, an element of that mm, going on mm. too uh now an interesting story that i came across over the uh over the weekend uh that was highlighting how easy it is to put a fake listing up on google maps and what the actual implications of this are did uh, did you see that story bill i didn't see that story but i do find weird things appearing on google maps when uh, in my neighborhood Mm. You know, uh, there's an awful lot of businesses which appear on Google Maps because of the Google Map business thing, which are actually people's houses. Yeah, so the people <laughs> running a business from home. Uh, also, maybe a business wants to get itself a little bit more of a footprint. 
uh, for people that are searching online, so they maybe might fit up, set up a uh, yeah a fake branch yeah. for uh, you know for some online business that operates out of another country, uh, just just so they're appearing. But uh, in this particular case, um, what 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 we heard, and, and this I was I picked it up on uh, on the Verge. I think it was yeah, covered um, yeah covered in some other other places too. Uh, but um, the the particular individual in in this case, um, the chap was uh, what's his name Brian Brian Seely, uh, former Microsoft and Avenade uh, employee, set up some basically some fake uh, listings in in his area, uh, in in Maryland, and the fake listings in this case for the FBI and then what what he did well he 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 got some virtual phone numbers set up using uh, voice over IP so he attached those phone numbers to the listing so anybody calling uh, or looking for the FBI that was in those particular areas was more than likely to see his listings and the phone numbers that he had put alongside them and so what he did was he uh, he took those virtual numbers, he set them up just to record every call coming through, and then he forwarded them on to the correct number. So as far as the FBI knew, it was getting the right, it was getting the right, you know, it was getting legitimate calls. Uh, and as far as the person that had gone on on Google and looked up uh, the FBI, uh, they were getting FBI because they were speaking to genuine FBI people. But in the process, he was able to actually capture and record that information. So, uh, I mean, there's all sorts of uh, dodgy things this could uh, this could could uh, lead to, whether it's uh, um, yeah terrorist organisations listening in on FBI calls, or whether it's one business setting up fake listings for another business, and uh, you know when um, you know. You know, I mean, this would never happen with a big organisation, but um, you know, as an example, um, one big telco listening to the calls of another big yeah. telco, or or, yeah, or, or you know, more likely it would be more niche type businesses. But uh, um, Google have got a little bit of a challenge to sort out here, haven't they? Well, there's a, there's you know, it's basically there's scope for abuse. People are going to abuse it. Find a loophole, <laughs> drive right through it. Yeah, Google got to clean that act up. I think. So, yeah, I mean, it's one of those challenges that, you know, there used to be a, a, a lot of sort of joking around Wikipedia some years yeah. ago because uh, people would just write all sorts of rubbish in, in, in there. Sometimes you bring up a, a listing and there might be uh, an entry for um, uh, for John Key and somebody put some silliness in the, in the middle of it or, uh, yeah, whoever, whoever it may be, but, you know, somebody of some note because anyone could edit it. And we've got that sort of potential here where, where Google might be feeding people uh, rubbish if, uh, uh, if they're not careful. Well, garbage in, garbage out. But mm. here's, here's the thing about that is that for Google to police that is actually going to massively increase their costs and their overhead and so on. And it may be that the whole Maps thing, Maps putting advertisers onto the Maps is actually not worth the effort. Yes, that would um, that would that would be uh, that would be a bit of a shock to uh, to Google system. But I guess they've built themselves on generally on a basis of hey, we don't ever want to take a phone call because a phone yeah. call is a very expensive thing to take. Exactly. We want to automate every single process so that we never have to take a call. 
but there are some cases where you where you need to do that. And I mean, they've got some smart things around. Uh, you know, if you want to uh, uh, take ownership of certain listings and, and various things, uh, where where they will call you and so on, um, and and that's automate. You know, it's a, it's a computer call that you receive, and there are some very very good things in there. But uh, yeah, this sort of issue is certainly something that uh, uh, needs to be addressed. Now, uh, also um, in in the news. Uh, Mount Gox. Oh my word! Well, it's the same sort of thing, really. It's uh, we've, we've we've really had some dramas there around uh, around Bitcoin and uh, and and what's happened with Mount Gox, haven't we? We had uh, a few weeks where, and for those that don't know, they've been uh, known, I guess, as the uh, the biggest sort of exchange uh, for for Bitcoin, the virtual online currency. Um, they've they've sort of almost been the main the main front door for uh, for Bitcoin for a lot of people, haven't they? They've got a weird history as well. They were something to do with uh, trading cards at one point. So um, it's a strange organisation. It's not really an organisation which is set up to instill confidence in a currency. But there you go. Um, well, well, they they haven't done that of, of late, have <laughs> no, they? No. The thing the thing about Bitcoin is that. Um, However good an idea it may or may not be, and well, and I'm, it's not my job to debate that. I'm not a financial expert or a currency expert or anything. It's a new thing. It's a bit technical. It's something that lots of people don't fully understand. And do you know what that says? That says there's room for crooks to get in and manoeuvre and make a bit of dough. And hey, you know what? It's the Wild West and there's a stagecoach robbery, <laughs> Bitcoin. Yeah, well, and and it seems very much like that. And uh, you know what what we've heard is that uh, um, they've lost eight hundred and fifty thousand bitcoins worth in the direction of well, in excess of half a billion New Zealand dollars. Uh, some of those owned by the company itself, but most of those being uh, you know bitcoin um, or currency that they were uh, they were holding on be- on behalf of other people. And you know, obviously, there will there'll be uh, you know, a, a comments from people saying, "Well, you shouldn't uh, you shouldn't uh, let somebody else hold your hold your uh, currency like that. It's it's not the the nature of Bitcoin. Um, or it's yeah, not, maybe not the smartest thing to do. But I guess the, you know, for uh, for a lot of everyday people, um, uh, you know." Using one of these services that makes it a little bit easier is uh, is is what they've chosen to do, and um, yes, I think it's put a big dent certainly in the in the confidence of uh, of of virtual uh, coins such such as Bitcoin, virtual uh, currencies. There's something that worries me about Bitcoin though is is when the um, the Silk Road drugs online drugs emporium was shut down. It turned out that that whole trade was going through Bitcoin. Um, as a lot of people who uh, attempt to evade taxes who use bitcoin and so on you know if you go to the if you go to the dodgy end of town and hang around long enough you will encounter crime if you go to the dodgy end of the internet and hang around long enough you will encounter crime so i i i'm not saying i'm gleeful about this i'm, I'm anything but but i just think the fact you know the fact that people knew that was going on should be a warning sign that i'm not saying i'm not saying don't dabble in bitcoin but i'm saying don't you people should never have put in more money than they can afford to lose into that into that kind of currency 
Well, there's certainly been some uh, some people who've made some very good money off I it. Know. Um, but yeah, I mean, there, there's certainly a temptation where you've got where you've got some form of um, uh, currency that is not easy for anybody else to audit, for anybody else to see. There's going to be a higher temptation to. Uh, uh, you know, to avoid taxes and 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 the like. I mean, that's why we see so many um, situations where where people will do little cash jobs and yeah. you know, oh well, let's let's do this with cash and we'll keep it off the books and I'll give you a discount and so on. That, that I've never that, heard of that. <laughs> <laughs> what about that cash I gave you earlier? <laughs> no, um, and, and actually, actually, journalists never get paid in cash. I can tell you. Oh well, never mind. Um, neither do I actually. Um, but yeah, I mean, there there are certain industries, as as we know, where that sort of thing does yeah. you know does go on. And uh, um, as we see more and more sort of international commerce happening and so on, uh, yeah, you can imagine this becomes an area that governments are going to really start to dislike uh, if it you know if it really picks up in terms of its uh, in terms of its usage, and and if it does pick up in terms of its usage. Then we're going to see the uh, the value of bitcoins uh, push up considerably as well. So, well, I, I saw a story this morning saying that the British government has decided that you no longer have to pay VAT, which is their version of GST, if you want to buy Bitcoin. Until now, until today, if you wanted to buy them in the UK, you had to pay VAT on the transaction, which I think is about twenty percent in the UK as well. Well, how, I don't know how they could possibly police that, to be fair, which yeah. is maybe why they've... Well, no, uh, as the money goes out of your account to buy Bitcoin from anyone in the UK, you pay tax on it. You pay a their equivalent of GST on that mm, transaction. Not quite sure how that would work, but yeah, yeah that's oh. uh, that's fascinating. So, yeah, it is an interesting world, the world of uh, of, of, of Bitcoin. And, uh, you know, I think the, the virtual currencies, uh, you know, will... Uh, yeah, are uh, uh, here to stay at this stage. I, I can't see, um, uh, you know, I, I can't see them disappearing anytime soon. Um, where they get utilised may change, uh, and if anything, I think they're going to continue probably going more mainstream, and certainly in the in the short term. Yeah, well, I think we're stumbling towards learning how to use these things properly, and you know, stumble's the right word. Mm. Right now, uh, some interesting stats out. Uh, and I mean, these things—we're always hearing uh, different different numbers. Uh, but some in- interesting stats around uh, revenue on the the various uh, mobile platforms from uh, from applications. Now, probably not a surprise to most is that uh, Apple are still far and away generating the the most uh, um, app store. Uh, revenue now the numbers uh, that I've got in front of me where did they come from um, statistics brain was the uh, was the source which is which is interesting I haven't come across these guys before um, so I'm not exactly sure where they, where they're drawing all of their uh, where they're drawing all of their their numbers from um, but some pretty big uh, pretty big uh, numbers overall in, in terms of revenue. Um, few interesting facts: twenty-three percent um, of the uh, the downloads are in the games uh, area. After that, entertainment, utilities, education, and uh, five down on the list: uh, productivity. So it's a lot of fun stuff that we like to do on our mobile devices. I only ever spend money on productivity. <laughs> <laughs> 
God, I must be boring. Actually, that's not true. I do have some games, yeah. Um, um, the, the, it's interesting. I was, I was having a conversation with someone about this whole business of the um, Apple App Store massively outperforming the Google Play Store, mm. given the relative numbers of market share that the two, the two operating systems have. And my rather cynical friend said, well, that's because Apple users are credulous and will flash their money around anywhere, not thinking about where they're spending it. Well, that's actually rubbish. It, 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 it is rubbish. <laughs> the, um, the, the reality is, is that the, the smartphone market is not a unified, it's not a homogenous market. There's actually a number of markets. And the real smart smartphones are probably only a minority of that market. You know, and, and, and in that particular space, Apple's market share is probably much bigger than the 12 or whatever percent they have of the overall smartphone market. Um, and that's probably reflected in how the sales break down as well. Mm, well, some, some other numbers that um, statisticbrain.com uh, shared. So Apple was the top in terms of average number of downloaded apps per phone at um, 88 uh, on the iPhone, uh, Android was um, 68, Windows Phone was next at 57, and then BlackBerry at uh, at 49. Uh, but the interesting thing out of those stats, so the, the iPhone revenue, um, total App Store revenue for 2013, um, they clocked in at 6.4 billion US, uh, 1.2 billion for Android, and then uh, next was Windows Phone at um, 0.95 billion. So not a big gap between uh, Android and Windows Phone, which I thought uh, is is quite fascinating there in, in terms of the, the difference, which is, it's not negligible, but, uh, you know, they're within uh, sort of 25% per, per, of well, each other. Particularly when you consider that the Windows Phone, there's a lot of low-end Windows Phones out there now. Mm. Um, mm. So... I mean, it may be again that people that people that buy Windows Phone tend to be the people that buy apps. I don't know. So, but I think it's interesting, probably from the uh, software developer's perspective. Now, it makes the story about developing on uh, on Windows actually probably a lot more important because when you look at that, that's spread over a much smaller base of apps. They're saying Windows Phone has two hundred and twenty thousand apps. Uh, compared to eight hundred and fifty thousand for Android and nine hundred over nine hundred thousand for uh, in fact I think it's over a, a million now uh, for for iPhone. So that's more dollars per um, app. Yeah. So yeah, probably probably a higher figure. So um, I think something probably worth worth taking notice of for those that are that are in in that uh, space that have been leaving the. Uh, uh, the poor Windows Phone users high, well, high I, and dry. I had a conversation recently with a Windows Phone developer, and I know there are Windows Phone developers who listen to the podcast, um, who told me that the, um, it's, it's actually much nicer developing apps for Windows Phone than for Android as well. So, hey, you can make money and have a good time. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's, that, that sounds uh, fantastic. Uh, <laughs> Um, now moving on uh, another little uh, Microsoft uh, story just just came came through today actually Um, now we've discussed before that uh, Microsoft SkyDrive is rebranded to OneDrive and their SkyDrive Pro has rebranded to uh, OneDrive for Business 
uh, and that's now start really ro- ro- rolled out pretty pretty broadly uh, across their various devices and and so on. Uh, but Microsoft have just started making the OneDrive for Business available as a standalone product. And th- this is interesting because what, what uh, OneDrive gives you is for, a, uh, and this is usually free as part of a broader Office 365 subscription or even a SharePoint Online subscription, is 25 gigs worth of storage per, yeah, per user or per employee in your organization. Uh, they're making this now available. This uh, you know cloud-based storage that syncs down to your local machine is and is accessible uh, via the web or via your smartphone and so on. Uh, for as low as, depending on what bits and pieces you have, I think it was as low as a dollar fifty uh, a month per per user. And I think a typical uh, basis is two dollars fifty per user. They're saying that's an introductory price with a fifty percent discount, so it could go up to to five dollars. But um, yeah, it's, I think that that's that's quite interesting that uh, they they've broken it down like that, and they're uh, yeah. they're slicing and dicing Office three six five so you can get just the bits you want. Atomizing is mm. good. Um, uh, yeah, Microsoft is. I mean, Microsoft's not afraid of. Uh, I mean, people people criticize Microsoft for being for not being very innovative, but actually they're not afraid of trying things out and coming up with some fresh ideas. It's good. Yeah, and uh, I mean. Their their offering is uh, obviously crosses crosses over uh, with uh, or you know com- competes with the Dropboxes and and the like, but also it comes with a uh, I guess a, a much more business or enterprise um, you know style of approach in terms of its functionality, yeah. in terms of its ability to uh, natively tie back uh, you know very very. Uh, easily into organisations ex- existing active directory structures and and so on. Not that that's not possible with with the others, but uh, there there is some you know I guess uh, very tight integration with those things that businesses are used to or you know businesses with businesses on premise um, you know server systems and so on. But I also think it gives um, it gives Microsoft another point of entry into those potential customers. And you know, once they're starting to talk about buying this, they can start talking about buying three six five or or whatever. It's it's smart. Yeah, I think it's uh, uh, all of these little broken down parts yeah. of Office three six five are, are Microsoft's form of a gateway drug to bring people give, get people a little bit addicted to the broader three six five offering, and then you know draw them into uh, into more of the pieces. I'm, I'm not quite sure that's the the terminology well, they would use, but uh, you know, get started, and uh, then you, you'll probably like to use a bit more. Well, I've I've got a three six five subscription, and I'm you know I'm sorry to disappoint you, Microsoft, but I actually like the web apps more now <laughs> the, um, than the desktop apps. <laughs> if you're moving across a lot of devices and so yeah. on, there there you know yeah. there are, there are situations where. Uh, um, you know, I can definitely see that see that making making sense. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, now, another uh, device. I don't think we got a chance to mention this uh, last week, but um, uh, Huawei or Huawei, as there's various pronunciations Huawei. of it. Yes. Um, what's what's your version, Bill? Huawei, the lads. <laughs> <laughs> um, They're a Newcastle company. The um, <laughs> our our uh, our friends from um, uh, from China who hopefully aren't listening in on all of our communications as the uh, as the Americans might allege. Um, one of the things that they uh, that they announced last week was their uh, talk band, um, little uh, wearable 
uh, gadget, which, as the name suggests, isn't isn't just a uh, um, a band to sort of uh, yeah track your sports activity and the like, but um, uh, also to um, uh, give you a um, a Bluetooth sort of uh, calling option with a little uh, uh, head, headset there, which is quite interesting. That um, um, in terms of uh, the the fact that it's going to be quite reasonably priced, uh, I think the numbers are sort of around one hundred and hundred and fifty or so um, New Zealand dollars is probably where it, where it's going to uh, going to land. Bump on some GST and so on, but certainly under the under the two hundred dollar mark, um, and uh, using the uh, the low low tap uh, low power uh, Bluetooth, and with this earpiece uh, embedded in the wristband that you can actually take out and uh, um, you know put put in your ear, um, and it's got a little uh, little uh, ninety milliamp hour battery, um, and it weighs twenty six grams, so a little bit similar in terms of weight to some of the other uh, sports bands and so on uh, that we've seen from the likes of uh, Samsung. It's a headband. Uh, no, no, it's uh, it's a wristband oh, with, a, with a with a little with a little screen oh, on it. I have um, this. Um, I have this image of John McEnroe. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it's not. It's not a uh, elastic oh. uh, sort of uh, headband to uh, sweatband sort of thing. So eighties. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, it, it's it's interesting to see. Uh, um, this company, which is is growing in terms of market share because of some of the, you know, they're, they're uh, well, particularly because of their low cost Android uh, devices, and of course they're selling a lot of the the gear to the telcos to deliver their three G and four G networks. Uh, you know, two two degrees, just being, not being Australia one the, or one of their big US, customers. Yeah, but they 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 have scale. Huawei has scale, and that's the that's the key. They're huge and very deep deep pockets so um, I, I mean I think it's good to see innovation coming from this sort of area because in the past we've probably seen them do a you know a me too type uh, Android products and, and and so on but they're they're starting to come out with some quite certainly quite nice looking um, yeah phones and 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 devices they're on the same trajectory that Lenovo have been on for some time and and you know these days there's nothing there's nothing to pick between Lenovo and the, the world's best-known brands, and Huawei are moving on that same trajectory. They're probably a little further behind, but mm. but you know, not much. Mm. The the thing about these wearables that keep appearing right now, I can't help but think that you remember. Well, if you're an, if you're an older listener, you will remember that in the late nineties there was a whole wave of tablets that came out from Microsoft um, with styluses and so on. Yes. And the relationship between those tablets and today's tablets is about the same as the relationship is between today's wearable computers and they, what they're going to be like when we all start buying them, which is probably it's probably not 10 years away, but it's probably more than a couple of years away. I think we're going to see fairly rapid uh, you know, development in yeah. this space and... Uh, you know some of the some of the features that you've needed a wearable for that will meld into uh, your smartphone and so on. I've mean, already seen that obviously with the Galaxy S5, yeah. uh, with it, with its heart rate uh, sensor built in and so on. But we're so far down that we're so we're such an early stage of that curve, I think. And that, and it's but it, what's great is to see people throwing things at the um, at the market, seeing if they stick. Mm, mm. Um, now a couple of other a uh, couple of other things on uh, on the agenda. Um, 
Snack Media, little a little local story. Um, so these are the guys who are uh, specialising in, um, in, in, I guess, uh, mobile uh, advertising, yeah. really, is, is, I guess, what it what it breaks down to in a, in a simple uh, sense. Um, they launched last year on uh, on the NZX, uh, and uh, their their revenue seems to be coming along uh, coming along quite nicely. Um, they've just announced an um, increase in, in sales by fifty eight percent in the um, in the most recent uh, financial quarter. Well, it's nice to see someone's making some money out of online advertising because it sure as hell isn't the traditional publishers. <laughs> and so on. Well, I guess yeah, it's companies like this that can uh, sort of you know clip clip the ticket yeah. on uh, on the campaigns and and do something maybe a little bit uh, different with their their bits and pieces of of, of technology that uh, that tie into apps and and, and web based advertising campaigns and uh, you know as we move more and more to mobile devices, uh, you know it's natural that advertisers will want to take advantage of that. And uh, if yeah. they can take a nice uh, a nice slice of that in the various markets that they're uh, operating, which I think you know, has predominantly been uh, Australia um, and, and New Zealand and uh, I think move, moving into, uh, probably moving into some of the Asian markets. But if, if they can do that in more and more countries, um, then, yeah, their, uh, their revenue probably can continue to grow. They've just even, uh, I think, on this one, broken even for uh, for the first time with a... A massive quarterly operating profit of twenty seven thousand dollars. <laughs> um, yeah, but hey, in the scheme of it, uh, they're, they're break even, yeah. and there are a lot of other uh, tech oriented businesses that that aren't there yet. Yeah. So, uh, it's, and there's it's, a lot of media companies that you know that. Well, that's true too. Yeah. Um, they're listed as well, aren't they? They're they're listed on one of the other exchanges. I think they're on the uh, are they on the full NZX or are they on the AX at the yeah. um, uh, at the moment? But but either um, way, yeah. there's a very feisty New Zealand um, tech market. Uh, sorry, market in tech stocks here at the moment. Mm. With, what with Zero and um, Winyard and uh, Snack Media and so on. It's a very very um, exciting market. Now, now, ladies and gentlemen, I don't invest in technology companies because I'm a journalist. I'm supposed to be independent, but my God, I'm tempted. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, we'll we'll chat more about that another day. Um, <laughs> one other story we we did want to just cover off before we finish because it's uh, um, th- this this one is be- is becoming uh, more and more important as as we count down uh, the days now. Uh, Windows XP support ends on. Uh, April the eighth, and I'm I'm sure we've talked about this a number of times over the last X number of years. I you know I don't know when we first started uh, talking about it, but uh, yeah, Microsoft said they were pulling the plug, and then they sort of extended it uh, once or twice. But uh, the final cutoff is uh, well, just a few just a few weeks away Four now. Weeks, we're, think, yeah. we're talking just just uh, just about a month, and uh, apparently the uh, the word we've had from Microsoft New Zealand is. That there's still around uh, three hundred thousand users in New Zealand. I believe that's based around active active usage of uh, of Windows XP. Uh, that's that's still quite a, a reasonable percentage of uh, of users. I don't think it stacks up with some of the stats that we've seen uh, globally, where yeah. there are markets like uh, uh, China and so on, where there's just massive adoption of uh, of Windows XP, but it's it, it's still um, it's still a reasonable you know, percentage. 
I wouldn't imagine that there's probably nobody listening to the podcast who's still running XP who who isn't just doing it for the for the laughs, but um, um, you know, or for some other sort of uh, very good reason to be running XP. But um, um, there's a lot of places. I mean, you you, you go into places and you see uh, displays that are stop working, and there's a you know Windows XP screen comes up or. I've been into people's offices and you see XP screens and so on, and I just I cringe. Well, a lot of it, I think, is organisations that have sitting on their hands. Maybe isn't the isn't the right um, term for it, but they they haven't had the will to make the change yeah. to get to a, um, a a more modern platform. Yeah, you know, I was at the um, Coru Lounge at uh, Auckland International. Uh, you know, quite recently, I looked down at the the, the nice, reasonably new uh, computer. Um, yeah, when I say reasonably new, it had a Windows Seven um, you know sticker on it, and uh, then I, I looked at what was actually running on it, and it was a you know a, a Windows XP with a, a browser that was X number of generations old. And above it was a sign uh, warning you about uh, security and to be uh, to be cautious. Well, of course you need to be cautious because um, you know they they haven't actually bothered putting a modern uh, operating system onto those uh, computers. Any and, moment and now, a logo comes up. You have been owned. Yeah. <laughs> and they, I mean, they're putting anyone anyone at uh, you know at, at a level of risk just because they're using uh, uh, you know such such an old system. And some people might say, "Ah, oh, you're overstating it, Paul." And, and so on, but I mean, this is an operating system that very shortly won't be won't be supported anymore. And we know that those uh, those older browsers just weren't designed to uh, to deal with the current sort of issues. Well, and uh, you know, also they don't necessarily perform very well or or render modern websites very well. So there are situations like that where I don't know that any New Zealand has, can have a good excuse for. You know, in in that situation, not keeping those current, it can't be application compatibility and old apps they've got because this is this is just a shared terminal for for uh, for use in the lounge. It's it's acceptable to still be running XP if you've got some sort of two thousand you know model Pentium processor PC. I'd imagine, yeah. But if you have, yeah, you know, go to, go to an op shop. You can probably find something in an op shop that's newer. But um, um, uh, yeah, or, just, or one dollar on trade me. Yeah, but it's just yeah, it's it's borderline laziness. Really. Mm, mm. But here's the here's the odd thing, right? Um, someone was giving me, I uh, was telling me the other day that now how old is XP today? Is it uh, two thousand and one was when so it first came out. So and it has had various service packs to bump up its features and make it a bit more secure and so, so on so along it's the close way. Close to fourteen years. Yeah, we're, 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 we're right. about thirteen years. Okay, so mm. a two-year-old. Apple operating system is no longer supported by Apple. So <laughs> there, there, there aren't any other vendors that will will provide support for that sort of length of time. It, it yeah. is it is very unique uh, that Microsoft have done it, and probably to their detriment in in many ways. Yeah, um, I think OS X goes back. I think two. Th- I think ten point eight is supported, but ten point seven is. I could be wrong there, but it's. It's something very similar to that, and so if micro if Apple's rolling them around roughly every two years and Microsoft's doing it every fourteen years, well, 
well and also you know you talk about the browsers that are available yeah. on 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 xp and so on as well there's there's, there's a whole range of issues so it's ie6 or something uh yeah so yeah. if you're in an organization that <laughs> um that that's still stuck on xp i'm not sure what to recommend um um, some would say I should promote my own uh, uh, IT services firm and say, hey, uh, we can help you, but I'm not sure we'd actually want to talk to you if you're, if you're interested in running that uh, technology uh, uh, that old. Then, well, it's not um, like you're spending money, is it? <laughs> probably not that keen to invest. Um, but there will be some firm out there that would probably be help, uh, able to uh, uh, transition you. Um, I haven't spoken to Telecom lately because I know I've given them stick in the past, certainly last year, uh, that they were still running um, XP and in, in-house at Telecom and Genoa. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm picking that if they haven't uh, moved everyone off already, then uh, that's something that they will have nailed within the next uh, within the next four weeks. And fortunately, I mean, there there are so many tools available from Microsoft and and others to if you've got old legacy applications there are there are generally ways in which you can run those um you know even on even the latest stuff on windows 8 or you know via various sort of uh, uh layers such as um app v for virtualizing the apps and, and putting wrappers around them and so on that uh, you shouldn't be you shouldn't be uh, high and dry you shouldn't be stuck there well, should be uh, a solution there's one other thing if you if if for some reason you've really got to run xp for heaven's sake don't connect to the internet but how can you do anything without connecting to the internet well, these days, yeah, Bill? Yeah, okay. But yeah. Um, so there you are. Hey, thanks everyone for uh, for listening in this week. I hope you've enjoyed our uh, discussion and uh, uh, ranting and raving. Uh, we'll be back next week. We've got we've got a whole bunch of uh, different guests coming on uh, over the over the next few weeks. Uh, we'll be talking to uh, to telecom. Uh, coming up soon, a little bit about their uh, their new uh, TV offering um, and, and a few other interesting bits and pieces. So uh, do join us again soon. Thank you for listening. Um, you can catch us online at all the usual social networks and uh, nztechpodcast.com. Uh, you can also catch our new uh, the new podcast that we've just launched, our New Zealand Entertainment Podcast. Uh, that's now available on, on iTunes and uh, various uh, podcasting uh, platforms now, Bill. Where's the best place to find you? Um, digital us. without the a. dot co. dot nz is my main site. Excellent. Um, and, and you're on Twitter. And I'm on Scoop. And I'm on Geek Zone. And I'm everywhere. Excellent. <laughs> and and you you can find me online uh, pretty easily too. Um, Google's always a good a good way to track uh, to track people down. Um, so uh, yeah. Hey, thanks everyone. Catch you next week. See ya. <laughs>